Makuta Sikh is Khalik Tazayan, the Sikhan Parshavayakil Pakude. Shangret Filmola, it's already been discussed many times as Rashi Bipirusha Alatayra, that Rashi in his commentary on Tayra Stolzakhop on his Mefarish, he explains any yeder inyan, any matter was in M Felbil, Vipshudashalmikra, anything that needs more explanation according to the simple understanding of the Psukim. And when we find that there is something that seems difficult in understanding the Psukim, on Rashi Bavarantus Nishan, Rashi does not address it. Muzman Zogun, we have no choice but to say, as Alpipsudashal Mikra is, that according to the simple understanding, there is no question, even though we don't understand it at first glance. Other valadar hapshat is muvim atzmai either because, um, according to the simple understanding, it's self-understood, self-explanatory. Other dos vas ved bavaron dos ved bavaron dochafridik pirush and Rashi, or that Rashi has already addressed it earlier, even sometimes not directly, but based on what Rashi explained in the past, we can understand this matter as well. In the parshas of Yaakov Bukudah, Zainadok Kameinyanim, in these two parshas of Yaakov Bukudah, there are a number of things, but Zainadish moving up Pipshudish Mikro, which seem to need more explanation according to the simple pshat. Unachmer, even more, Einige Kashas, Verem Beikimitzad Pirish Rashi. Some of those questions come up in the, because of the way Rashi explains it. And in this sikh we will address one question in each parsha. One pa- question of Ayakel, one question in Pekude. In parsha of Ayakel, from Pasik, my son of Achachma. The Pasik says, and all the women that were blessed with um, wisdom, with talent, Tavu Asaizim, they spun the wool. Of the goat's hair, the goat's hair. They spun the wool. The goat's hair. Vastos main virashi So Rashi explains that this. What this means is, shemei al gabaya izim tovim oisam. That they spun it while it was still growing on the goats. Before they had shorn the goats of the hair, they spun it as it was still attached to the goats. Azayam gishpunin di vol noitza. That they spun the wool or the uh, hair, whatever it's called, the vizis bahaftin to the izim while it was still attached to the goats. So that's what the Rashi says. Dafim fashtains. We have to understand vasfara mila is is in them. What what is the advantage? Why would they do that? What advantage is offered? Then this me'al gabi izim when it's spun while it's still attached to the wool. What's the point of doing that? would seem to the contrary when you first share the, the wool or the hair from the goats it's much easier to spin the wool and it's, it, would, it seems that the product the end result would be much better than if you do it while it's still attached so what is the point? What is the purpose of spinning it while it's still attached to the goat? Another thing. Since the Torah relates how much, how dear it was, how in, into 
the donations and the work for the Mishkan, the women were so much into it, even more than the men. As uh, based on what is written earlier, that the men came along with the women. In other words, it was the women that went to bring their donations and so on. The men joined the women. They, the women were the main thrust of the ones who went to give the donations. And the Pasuk says, and the men came along with them. That they expressed un, um, extraordinary talent, um, another word for talent, uh, in the Tviyam El Gabiyaizim, that was expressed in this uh, spinning it while it was still attached to the goats. So if that's the case, why don't we find that the wool that they use, the sheep's wool, that they use for the lower curtain, there was two, there was a few layers of, maybe not curtain, but drapery that went over the Mishkan. That was the roof of the Mishkan. So the lower one was made of a number of different colors of wool. The second layer was made from goat's hair. And the third layer was tchashim and, and another, another layer. So we find that the middle layer, which is the goat's hair, they spun it while it was still on the goat. Why don't we find the same thing that the, the lamb's wool, that they spun it while it was still on the lamb? From the the blue wool and the purple wool, the state friya that's written earlier about this, the lower, the, the first layer, where over there also it says they did it with great talent and the way they did it and the, co- and the colors the, uh, the patterns and so on over there it's all it says all it says is every woman that was talented she, they did it by hand they spun the wool by hand and they brought the product the resulting uh, threads of the blue wool and the purple wool it doesn't mention anywhere as it does by the goats that they did it while it was still attached to the lambs to the sheep so why, is, why the difference? why by the goats they did and by the sheep they didn't do it while it was still attached in Pirush Rashi in Parsha Pekudei and the Rashi in Pekudei Dafim Fashtein was Rashi Zok so we have to understand what Rashi says over there as Moshe Tzivol Betzal Lassest Chile Kelim Achakach Mishkan he points out that Moshe told Betzalel to f- to first he said do the Oren and then he said do the Miz- uh, the Menoira and the Shulchan and so on those are the the furniture, the furnishings of the Mishkan. And then he said, and then this is how you'll make the walls, and the, the, how to make the roof. First he said the roof, and then the walls, and the foundations. So he first described the furnishings of the Mishkan, and then he told him to make the building itself. So B'tzal said to him, the way of the world is, that first you build a house, and then you furnish it. Then you put the furnishings inside the house. But not the opposite, that first you buy your furniture and then you build a house around it. Amalei, so he said to him, this is what I heard. And then in the end, 
he made the towel first made the mishkan and then he made the furnishings although when Hashem commanded how to make it he first detailed the, the furnishings and then he said the building itself is Nishmuvim so we have to understand about this since in the end the way they actually built the Mishkan was the way people normally do it which means that first you build a building and then you furnish it when, how do you build a house? first you build a building first you make the walls and then you put the roof on top of the walls not the opposite and that's actually how the Torah describes how the Mishkan was erected they put the foundations and then they put the walls and then they put the coverings, the roof that when they actually uh, when they created the materials and the uh, when they, they formed the, the things that were needed in order to build the Mishkan, first they start, it starts describing that they made the coverings for the Mishkan. And only after that they crushed him that they started making the, the walls, the boards that made up the walls. And that was also the, way, the order in which Hashem told Moshe what to do. So first he described the coverings of the the areas, which means the uh, tapestries that covered the Mishkan. And then he described the walls, the boards that were made for the walls. So the question is, why, if, if they're going according to the way that it's, uh, people usually do it, which is in the end what Batsawal said we, we should do it, the way it's normally done. So then... And that's why he first built, made the Mishkan, and then he made the furnishings, like the Oren and the Menorah. So then why did he first make the coverings, and then only after that did he make the boards for the Mishkan? The Bala the Bala answer, as the Yeriz, and gemacht geworen, Mishkan, the reason that they made the areas, the coverings, the tapestry to cover the Mishkan were made at the very beginning so that they will be ready that to cover up the Mishkan that as soon as they make the walls the uh, tapestries to cover it will be immediately available and not that they now have to first start fashioning the, the coverings so that the Mishkan would not even be one moment without a covering as soon as the Mishkan is up the walls are up the covering is there already waiting but in addition to the question why does that have to be so what's so essential that the Mishkan should never be without a cover why does the Taisa say that they shouldn't be even one moment without a covering? Why not? What's the, why is that so essential? So in addition to that question, we can't say that this is the simple understanding of what went on there. Because because from the way you read the Psukim on, the, on a simple level, direct level, 
אז מהות גברכת המשכן צמאישה אש נורדה ויזיינה פאטי גברן אללה פרוטה וחלקי המשכן When you read the Pesukim and the way the things went on there, it seems it's, it's written in the Pesuk that after they finished making everything, including the boards and the aron and the, and the shulchan and the tapestries to cover it, after everything was finished, only then did they bring it to Moshe Rabbeinu and they commenced to put up the Mishkan, to erect it, to actually put it all together. The Yeriyas, the Kroshim, and the Klea Mishkan, that's, they brought it to Moshe, and Ezdunach, and only after that, only then did they put up the Mishkan. Kamuvan, which is understood, that, uh, you know, when everything was ready, they put it all together. Therefore, it doesn't really make a difference which component was fashioned first. They didn't do anything until it was all ready anyway. So they, they could have made the walls first and then the coverings, because they're not going to put up the walls until everything is ready anyway. Even if they would have made the walls first, which would have been the way things are normally done, they wouldn't have been remained there uncovered anyway, because they weren't starting to do anything until everything was ready. Since they didn't do anything until the whole Mishkan was ready anyway. Is the Tmiya, so therefore the question is, Vos in Beide Erte, Saiviakal and Saibakudi, Gifint Minisht as Rashi's oldest Bavarim. Yet we don't find that Rashi should mention or the, discuss this matter of why they built the, uh, or sorry, why they made the tapestries to cover the Mishkan before they made the walls. If Rashi already told us that they Mitzalul decided to do it in the way people normally build a house, so if you're going to go do according to the way people build a house, then you should build the walls first and then do make the coverings. And he did the opposite; he made the coverings, and this is mentioned both in both places. So why is that? Gimel that mitas fashtein b'hagdim Rashi So we'll understand this. So we'll understand this by first um, introducing two, um, two, two things about the Rashi and Parsha Vayakal that need to further examination. Number one, Rashi is the Chaisen to uptaichen tabulus aizim. What Rashi in this, in this uh, Rashi that we quoted before, his interest is in explaining what it means they spun the goats. That's what it says. Rashi says what that means is that they spun the hair while it was on the goats so then if that's what he's trying to explain in other words the problem that Rashi is having is it says they spun goats you don't spin goats you can't spin goats they'll get very dizzy but no so if that's what he's trying to explain, that's where he should have started by explaining what it means they spun the goats. That means they spun the hair while it was on the goats. And then he could add a second point that he wants to make in the, in, about this as der for spinning that this way of spinning the of spinning the hair is an umnes yisera is a takes extraordinary talent to be able to do that while it's still attached to the goats. 
But Rashi goes the other way. He starts, this was a very extraordinary, talented uh, method of doing it, because they spun the, the hair while it was still attached to the goats. So that's the question, not one question. And then, how do you start a Rashi with saying, this is a very extraordinary talent? He didn't even say what it is that he's talking about. That, what's that? What's that referring to? Only later does he explain what he's referring to by that, meaning spinning the hair while it's on the goats. So how do you start by saying, this was a very extraordinary talent? What is this? Oh, they were spinning it while it was still attached to the goats. That's a reverse, you're explaining things in the reverse order. Even before you know what he's talking about. And only then does he get to explaining what the Pasuk means. That they were spinning it while it was still attached to the goats. So he should have done it, explained it the opposite. They spun it while it was on the goats, and that is an extraordinary talent. That uh, makes sense. Number two, why does he call it? A craftsmanship, special, uh, extraordinary craftsmanship. And not to say that that was extreme, that took a lot of um, talent. in this sense, talent. Because the Torah uses the word chachma, talent, not craftsmanship. As the Pasuk says, and all the women that they had this extra talent, extraordinary talent, they were the ones that did it. So why doesn't he use, stick to the words of the Pasuk? And goes to a, no, a new word, craftsmanship. Especially then in the Gemara, which is most likely where Rashi is basing his explanation here on there it does say extraordinary talent and it doesn't say extraordinary craftsmanship so these two questions need to be answered the beer of the the beer of the explanation is since the posuk use um, explains this spinning of the of the hair of the goats in a separate posuk and he doesn't include the fact that the hair of the goats was spun in the same pasuk where it talks about spinning the wool of the sheep. He could have easily put them together that uh, um, when it, said, when it talks about that they brought the wool and they brought the hair of the goats over there it does say it in the same passage, it brings it together they brought the wool, they brought the hair of the goats and so on and also in the, when Hashem told Moshe what it is the materials that they need that the people should donate, contribute for the building of the Mishkan, he also includes the wool of the sheep together with the hair of the goats but over here, when it talks about actually fashioning the uh, spinning of the of the hair and the wool, he separates it into two separate sukkim. Befrat as the pasuk chazet ibn nochamol v'chol nashem shenasa liban 
and especially that the Pasuk reiterates a second time that and every woman that was talented spun first he says the wool and then in a separate the Pasuk he says and every woman that was talented spun the hair of the goats in other words repeats the whole thing again is moving ma'atzmai, so therefore it now becomes self-evident. As their tabu asaizim is anush from the tabu from the pasuk shulafanov. That in why does the Torah separate it into two separate um, events of how they these extraordinarily talented women spun the wool, and then again how these extraordinary uh, talented women spun the hair of the goats? It's because they're two separate events, they were done differently and that's why they shouldn't be lumped together in the same posse, because they were done in a very different way, that's what becomes clear from the fact that the Torah finds it necessary to separate it into two separate uh, psukim is anushunam tabu from the pasuk shlofadav is different than the spinning that took place in the previous pasuk Vibaldas is nit shayach kind in the izim and since you can't say it, of course it doesn't mean that they spun the goats, as I said before. Meintes, as they have gesponnen, the noitza mit b'mechuber to the izim. So therefore, what are we left to say? When it says they spun the goats, it doesn't mean that they spun the goats. It means they spun the hair while it was still attached to the goats. That's why he calls it that they spun the goats. Und in der tam, und der tam de fun, versteht euch ben chamesh, and the reason why they would have spun the hair while it was still attached to the goats <clears throat> what's the reason that we do that? that's something that is also very clear and easy to understand for the Bechamesh Lomikra that the Rebbe usually quotes who happens to be an extraordinarily talented Bechamesh Lomikra who understands so much from a few words in Rashi but he can understand the given because the the fact that the Eden gave all these donations this was everything that they brought for the building of the Mishkan was a donation to Hashem so they saw it they considered it like as if they're bringing a carbon to Hashem so just like in a carbon you have different categories of carbonus that people brought a carbon from minachai there's a carbonus which come from the from animals then there are carbonus which are brought from growing things like flour and so on by carbon kain and carbon hevel in fact all in, in beratius kain brought from the plants and hevel brought from the animals when a carbon from Balachai is merchajiv, a carbon from Atzameach, and it's also understood that a carbon that you bring from an animal, from a living thing, is more would be on a higher level than something that you bring from a plant. And so the same would apply here. When, if you're able to spin the wool of the goats while it's still attached to the goat so which means that it's still on the category of a living thing and you bring the goat the hair as it's still attached to the goat 
as the donation to the Mishkan, that's a higher level of like what we call now a carbon than if you share the, the wool off the goat and then you spin it and you bring it that way. Then you're bringing not a living thing, you're bringing already something which is on a lower category. Chutim izim when the uh, the thread the strands of the wool are here that while they're still attached to the living animal the goat vaxenze they're still growing so which means that they are in the category of a living thing they're still drawing life from the living animal which is not the, uh, the fact when they're already shorn off the animal especially if you'll, uh, you'll uh, we understand it in the simple way in simple meaning that they brought the, the spun wool while it was still attached to the goat is pasha the ilubazeb? Then it's even more obvious that it, it's on a higher level. Zayindik b'shasan esina and get it from davarachai. Not only was it, not only was it spun while it was alive, it was even brought as a donation while it's alive, while it's still attached to the animal. So therefore, that becomes clear. It becomes understandable why they would have wanted to spin it while it was still attached to the animal. So that in the end, when they bring their, so to speak, carbon, they're bringing an animal as a donation, not dead wool. Hey, as is moving, favos blows by the yiris ism is given tavos ism. We can also understand why it's only by the goats that it was that they did it while it was attached to the animal. We don't find it in regards to the blue wool and the purple wool which were shorn which were shorn off the sheep before they were spun and died. The reason is the the, the wool had to be brought as blue wool, which means that they had to already been, have been dyed in whatever color they needed, blue, purple, and so on. And that's how they donated it. That's what Hashem asked for. We need so much and so much blue wool. We need so much and so much purple wool, and so on. So they were, you know, the blood of the chalazim was how they, they, they dyed it blue unargomon purple and that they had to dye it purple some uh, some of the other stuff purple but does farben is nish meglach based the chutiat samet and mechubetz the klasim you can't dye wool while it's still attached to the animal kum toiso comes out as the avov and the trelus vargomen can is zayin bal nordei etfil me agabi aklasim so therefore if you want to bring blue wool you can't dye, you know spin the wool while it's attached to the to the land and then bring it immediately to the as a as a donation because there has to be the dying that will have to happen afterwards. Certainly that you can die it while it's still attached to the animal. So therefore there is already it, it doesn't lend itself anymore to donating the wool while it's attached to the animal. The rivet is the tviya nishgeven al gabi akvasim, and that's why the spinning couldn't take place while it was still attached to the to the sheep. While the avos atumus lashem can sayvin yizain in them oif meshuba viziz mechuber, 
because in the end the donation is not going to be able to done to be done in that better way, which is while it's still attached to the animal. But in this case, you can't do it that way because you're going to have to separate it. You're going to have to share it off to dye it anyway. So then, what's the point of spinning it while it's still on the animal? Or at least not when it's attached, but maybe even immediately after it was shorn. That still wouldn't be able to be done because you have to dye it in the middle. The Rebbe notes in the Ha'ara that uh, so it would be more difficult, but maybe you could still do it, you could still dye it while it's still attached to the animal by dyeing each strand separately. I'm sure spinning the goat's uh, wool while it was attached to the goat was also not easy. But over here it's much different because that obviously takes a lot, a longer time. And if you die a little bit at a time, by the time you finish the whole thing, you're going to have the uh, the roots are going to be are going to be left undyed, and you certainly couldn't donate it that way. It had to be blue wool, so therefore it, the whole thing doesn't lend itself to the dyeing process to do it while it's on the animal. Vav, if them was is from now. So this, which is self-explanatory, as we just explained, that we understand why they would have done it that way. Bavar uh, Rashi. So now that we know that Tavuasa is in, they dyed the goats. Which I mean, sorry, they spun the goats. Which means they spun the wool while it was on the goat. And, we, and the, the child knows why they would have wanted to do that. It's obvious why they would want to do that. So that is already understood implied by the words they spun the goats now Rashi comes to explain that this, this was an extraordinary uh, craftsmanship um, the doing it that way that the women did it that way spinning it while it was still attached is not only because they had this extraordinary talent to be able to do that and this wisdom this talent and wisdom also included that they understood that it would be much better a much higher degree of carbon to do it to donate it while it was still attached in them is given a besser in our umnes He's pointing out another thing. The it also you get a better product when, in other words, better craftsmanship when you do it while it's still attached to the goat. That's the point Rashi is making. It's a better cra- you end get end up with a better product. That's what craftsmanship means. That uh, when you do it while it's still attached to the goat. So in other words, it's not just because they were taken by this great talent and this great wisdom. They understood that doing it while it's attached to the goat, it's going to be a greater carbon. Besides for that, it also ends up being a better product. Craftsmanship is better when you do it that way. The etzim tfiyeh v'asvagabe ye'izim kumtarez beser. When you spin goat's hair while it's still attached to the animal, the product, the result is better than if you do it after you share it from the animal. Because when the hairs are still attached to the animal and therefore they're still um, drawing 
from, from the, um, I don't know, moisture or whatever it is from the animal. They're softer, they're more supple. Which, of course, is better, you end up with a more beautiful product from the spinning that you do. When it's already drying or dried out, so then it becomes more tough and not as soft. So therefore you end up with a, a, a better product if you do it while it's, a, it's still attached. And that's what Rashi means when he says umnas, craftsmanship rather than chachma, which is what the Torah was saying. According to this, we can also understand now why they made the tapestries made out of these wolves and, uh, and goats here before they made the boards of the walls. Even though the way it's normally done is that you build walls before you build the covering. And it's for, for both of these reasons, as explained in both of these Rashi's. First of all, because they were so dedicated to it, the women that were more dedicated to the men, and they were the ones doing the spinning of the wool and the hair. So they immediately got busy with the job, and they did it immediately. And they brought it to the people. They brought it to the people that were going to do the work of uh, putting it all together. And they brought it while it was still on the goat, as we just finished explaining. So therefore, the women immediately did that. They brought the goats. Now there's goats around, uh, hanging around with hair that is spun into wool, into uh, threads, strands. So what do you want to do? Keep these goats on hold. While we're still busy, we're going to start doing now the foundations. Then we're going to make the walls. Then we will share the the goats and make the coverings. They couldn't do that. Because all the time that it takes to build these, to make these walls, to fashion these walls and these foundations, the hair is still growing. So the part, the hair that grows, is not spun into threads. So you're going to end up with a half of a hair, half a thread, and half unspun threads. So they couldn't wait that way until they finish making the walls and then share the wool and then make the the tapestries. Another thing that we could explain according to Allah, that this would have been distressful to the animal. Because, you know, when you spin hair on an animal, obviously it's not the natural way that the animal is used to having its hair, and therefore it's, distre- it's stressful, and you don't want to leave an animal like that around for a long time. That's why the first thing they did was they had the goats with the spun hair. They immediately shore that off. When they had it shorn off, then they made the uh, the coverings. And they said the spinning algabaism is oichan And since spinning it on the goats is also a craftsmanship, meaning to say that the product, the result, is a better result. The tfi is a besere. 
canal, as we explained before, that the it's still moist and it's still soft and it's still supple and therefore it's easier to use in making the tapestries that you're going to use it for. Is moving as says, So it's understood that this it would apply also to using those threads that you're going to now going to have to weave these threads into materials so the the weaving will also be much better when it's still moist and supple and so on from the area season from the area season when they were when they were weaving these uh, tapestries of the goats here as when the malachas arigi from the chutzim is begiros man suzeir zayim achobet suzeirim that when you're when you're weaving closely after you have shorn the the threads off the goat is oich the etzem vebim in abeser and also the weaving will be it will come out better because it's softer and so on from the umnes because this you know the craftsmanship will end up being much better as a result of having been done immediately after it was shorn off the goats so because they didn't want to leave the goats in a distressful way they had to share them right away if you share them you want to at least get the advantage of the fact that they're still moist and soft and you want to do the weaving immediately so therefore they immediately made the coverings and only later did they get busy with the, with the boards and that's why as soon as they cut the threads off the goats they immediately wove it into the tapestries for the coverings of the mishkan before they made the walls so that explains those two rashis there's always extraordinary things that we find in Rashi in many different ways. In this case, we're going to cover something that comes out according to Allah from this Rashi. As is you do with the Shaila, it's known the question. Vibald as the aim benin amigdash balayla. Since you're not allowed to build the base amigdash at night, balderas are the mishkan, the ikra amigdash, and the same would apply also to the mishkan, which is also called the mikdash. Thus, hey, that benin amigdash is a mitzvah since you're not allowed to do it at night, it has to be done only during the day. That means that this is a positive mitzvah. To build the mishkan is a positive mitzvah, which is related to a specific time, only during the day and not at night. We know the rule that women are exempt from any positive mitzvah, which is related to a specific time. So how were they permitted to spin the wool for the Mishkan. They are not obligated to do it. And as the Rabbi Tam says, that a woman is not permitted to do the preparatory uh, aspect of the mitzvah, even the preparatory aspect of the mitzvah, for a mitzvah which she is not obligated to do. And for this reason, he says that a woman should not be the one to bind together the lulav, the hadasim and the rabbis and the lulav, to bind them together. That isn't the actual mitzvah of the lulav, but that is preparing the lulav so that you can do the mitzvah. But since the woman is not obligated to do the mitzvah of lulav, so therefore she shouldn't be the one to bind the lulav either. The Isis and she also shouldn't be the one to spin tzitzis because she's not obligated to wear tzitzis so she shouldn't make the tzitzis 
Kivan the Leia Ifkada. Since she is not commanded to wear tzitzis or to shake the lulav, and therefore the Rabbeinatam says that she shouldn't do the preparatory work either. So how is it that the women made the wools and the this, the threads and so on for the mishkan? Is the ragetshaver? So the ragetshaver explains as in mitzvahs b'nias hamikdash and in dotsvei pratim that in the building of the mishkan there the mikdash there are two aspects to it. Number one. That etzem boyin amikdash is a mitzvah. Says. So the building of the base amikdash is in itself a mitzvah. And number two, those staff oiv geboyd verin amikdash oiv tzumakers ein kabanas. Then there is, there needs to be a mikdash, a base amikdash, in order to be able to bring kabanas. So it's not so much about the building, but that there should be. We have to make sure that there is a mikdash. A mikdash has to be there in order to bring kabanas. And in them is the chiluk benigelanal, and this in this difference is would be the difference in regards to this question. Whether women are are obligated to be part of the building of the base amigdash, or they're exempt from that, and therefore shouldn't take part. Mitzad the mitzvah from benigas hamishkan baamigdash is a mitzvah shas vangaraman of zayin peturis. When you look at the mitzvah of building the mishkan itself. So that is a positive mitzvah which has a time constraint because you're not allowed to do it at night. And therefore women are exempt from that aspect of it. But then there is the second matter in regards to having a mishkan. That you have to make sure that a mikdash is made, created, so that you will have a place to bring karbanas. In them, and that aspect of it, women are also obligated to make sure that that happens. Because women also are obligated to bring karbonus. There are some karbonus uh, which only women bring. And therefore, the chalakim von pratim von mikdash, those aspects of the of the mikdash of the of the mishkan in this case anything in the building of the Mishkan which would have interfered with bringing a carbon if you didn't do this you can't bring a carbon yet then the women are also obligated to make sure that that happens they also are obligated to be, take part in the building of that aspect of the Mishkan Whereas when it comes to the parts of the base amigdash, in their akravitz which are not do not interfere with bringing a carbon. In other words, even if you're lacking this particular detail, you could still go ahead and bring a carbon. And therefore, doing that aspect of the mishkan is only because you have to fulfill the mitzvah that Hashem said to build a mikdash. If it's all only about building the mikdash, but it doesn't have anything to do with bringing the carbon, from and in women are exempt from that do, uh, part of building the mishkan because it has nothing to do with the karbanas. and therefore they shouldn't partake in that act of building either. So therefore, in regards to our matter. In regards to the coverings of the Mishkan, the Gemara says, Adoz was a state in Pasuk, Vayifrais Esa Oil of a Mishkan. It says in the Pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu spread 
the coverings over the Mishkan, over the walls of the Mishkan. That is specifically related to the lowest le- uh, layer of those coverings, which was made out of the woolen one, the one that was made out of red wool and blue wool and purple wool and, uh, and linen. That's the one that it's talking about. That was on the lowest level, the one that was visible from inside the Mishkan. Thus, haste. As mid which means to say that when once the lowest level, the first level of the uh, coverings was spread, it already rates, it's already considered to be the oil, like so to speak, the tent or the building which contains the Mishkan, which is the Mishkan. And you can already bring Karbanas there because you already have your oil you already have your Mishkan, you can now commence to bring Karbanas. We know this from the fact that when it says that Moshe spread the oil, the covering over the Mishkan, the Gemara says this refers to the lower level, the first level of coverings. So already it's called an oil, it's already called a Mishkan, so therefore now you can already start bringing Karbanas. So therefore it comes out, as the that the second layer and the third layer, the Yerishism, one of which was the goat hair level. They do not interfere with bringing a carbon. Even if they would have put only the first level already, you can bring a carbon. So making the second level out of the goat's hair is already not uh, essential to be able to bring a carbon. When the Mishkan is kosher, eich ven kipel aruach asiris aizim, and the Mishkan would still be kosher if, let's say, the wind would have blown and folded folded up the uh, the the goat's hair level of the covering. In other words, it's not being covered anymore by the goat's hair level. It would still be kosher. Well, Pizze is moving the Tamachiluk in the Lushenis HaKosov, and based on this, we can understand the difference in the way the Posik speaks here. In regards to the lower level, the one made out of wool, the purple wool, blue wool, and red wool, and so on, it says that each, uh, every talented woman, tavu, they, uh, they spun it by hand. They brought already spun the blue wool and the red, the purple wool, and so on. Because these, this level of the covering was essential for to make the mishkan into a mishkan. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called a mishkan. If to bring a carbonus, and then as soon as that covers, then you already can bring a carbon. In other words, do being part of that process was permitted for a woman to do because it's what allows the carbon to be brought in this building. And that's why the women are able to do the spinning of these, of the wool for these cover, this covering. To participate in that work that was done for the Mishkan. When we talk about the goat's hair level <coughs> that that level because that level is not really essential for bringing carbonus, 
even without it, you're allowed to commence with bringing karbonas. And therefore, the women are exempt from that aspect of creating that part of the Mishkan, because that part of the Mishkan was only because Hashem commanded that you have to make the Mishkan in this and with this exact way, and it needs the level of the goats here as well. So, but that part the women are exempt from because that's included in the building of the Mishkan, which they are not obligated to do because it's related to a time, as we said before. The the That's why it says that they spun the goats. They had to do if they want to participate in that. It can't be a malacha. It can't be work done on the materials for the purpose of the materials of the mishkan, but rather it has to be a chachma, something which takes extraordinary talent and is not considered malacha, but is considered chachma. The Gemara in Shabbos, as the Gemara says in Shabbos, in regards to a few things which would seem it might seem like it's a malacha. But the Gemara says, no, this is not a malacha, and therefore doing it doesn't violate Shabbos, at least not Medei Raisa. It's, it's a chachma, it's not a malacha. For instance, one of the examples is that when the, the way they used to bake bread, they would slap the, the dough onto the side of the oven, onto the walls of the oven, and it would bake there. And then you had to, to separate the bread to get it off the wall, and without falling into the fire, you should be able to use the bread so taking it out of the oven off the wall, that was considered it's called redia sapas that's, that's a chachma ve'ena malacha, so doing it on Shabbos would not, a person wouldn't be chayib, it's prohibited midirabonon, but midiraisa wouldn't be prohibited, because it's a chachma but not a malacha, it's a talent but it isn't work so, the, so also the women here had to do it in such a way that they weren't doing work for the mishkan they were doing something that rises to the level of extreme talent and not ordinary work and therefore they weren't doing work on the Mishkan they were contributing their talents something beyond the work on the Mishkan Yud now based on this Papirish Rashi in the way we explained Rashi in the Diyuk from Loshan Umnes Yisera how we explain why Rashi uses craftsmanship rather than talent because that ended up being a better and a better result. Yeshleima, we can also say as Rashi that Rashi over here is goes with his famous shita, the way his style of explaining, which is Derachapshat. He explains it in the simple meaning. meaning to say, and the Pasik that says that he spread out the covering onto the Mishkan. Taich Rashi, Rashi explains, Hein Izim. That this refers actually to the goat hair level. Okay, Pasha Sakosov, and this is taken from the simple Pshat in Pasha Truma, which he said in, in Pasha Truma, because the Torah calls it oil. You shall make a, a tapestry of goat's hair to cover over to act as the covering of the Mishkan so we see that the Pasuk refers as the oil of the Mishkan to the goat's hair level different than it says in the Gemara that it refers to the lower level made out of wool but from Derech it's referring to the wool to the, to the goat's hair level
lefize kumtoi. So according to this, it comes out as l'das Rashi b'pshutah mikra that according to Rashi, which is pshutah mikra, hab ma'ichti yiris isim dem gedef an oil. The the goat's hair level also is considered what contributes to the mishkan becoming an oil. Thus is negayim akiv to kavos kabanis a mishkan, which is what interferes. If you don't have that then you don't have your mishkan and you can't bring karbonus. So in other words, the women were obligated to provide that. So based on this, we can understand that So therefore, from this perspective, the women could also participate in making the goats here level because that is in order to allow for karbonus to be brought in the mishkan. And that's why Rashi changes, another reason why Rashi changes from the wording in the Pasuk, which is Chachma, and he calls it Umnes, which means craftsmanship. That they're being able to spin it while it was still attached to the goat, is given Nishbalai's Chachma was not only wisdom, or talent, nor but also actual work, craftsmanship, which already is more the idea of malacha. Das is der chiddush and umnes. Das is malacha begufadover, and that's what he's trying to say. That umnes, craftsmanship, means not a theoretical idea of how to do something, but craftsmanship means the actual doing the work of it, and that it means that you're doing the malacha of the mishkan. But since Rashi holds that the level of the izim was also, of the goat's hair, was also essential for the mishkan to be able to be called an oil in order to be able to bring karbanas there. Therefore, the women were permitted to participate in that aspect of it. And that's why he can call it craftsmanship rather than chachma, which takes it out of the category of work, as we explained before. So based on this, if Rashi holds this way, is then it's already not, we're not forced to say, as some learn in the Gemara, as Rashi that Rashi has to go according to the opinion in the Gemara, as Hatavet al is Potter. There's a machlegis in the Gemara that if somebody spins wool, which is prohibited to do on Shabbos, but he does it while it's still attached to the animal. Is he chayev or potter? Does he have to bring a karmachatos if he did it? Or is he potter? It's exempt. That's only a rabbinic prohibition. And the reason why one would think that it was exempt, that it's potter, is because because that's not how you spin. That's not normally how spinning is done. In the Mishkan is given and the fact that in the Mishkan they did do it. In fact, how do we know what's called a malacha? that which was done in, to prepare the Mishkan. And in the preparing of the Mishkan, they did spin wool while it was attached to the goats. So what do you mean? It's not the regular way. The, over there, it's different while Chachmi Yisrael shiny because over there it was an extraordinary talent rather than the craftsmanship or the way that it's normally done. And therefore, if somebody does it on Shabbos, he would be exempt. That was not work on the Mishkan, that was talent. So they say that Rashi seems to be saying that it's a chachma and that it's not a malacha. In other words, that it's, uh, it's not, it shouldn't be considered chayev, that if you did it on the, go, on the animal, you're potter. So from this we see that it's not necessarily 
So Rashi could be, could hold like the opinion that says that he's chayef. But Rashi could also fit with the other opinion which says that he's chayef. As it is chayef, I'll do it from Malacha because by naming it Umnes Yaseira, which means, as we said already a few times, that it means craftsmanship, which means that it is Malacha, so therefore Rashi might hold that you are chayef if you spin wool on an animal on Shabbos. The other rabbi, and to the contrary, if Yibal doesn't allow malachas lentmen up for mishkan, since all malachas for Shabbos are learned from what they didn't prepare the mishkan, Yeshleimer one could say as a Pirush Rashi, Hadas is umnes according to Rashi who calls it craftsmanship, is does gufa the makar for the day, that is the source of saying that you would be chayev because it's called umnes. Yibal does feel gabe behem is given. Since the spinning of the wool as it was attached to the animal, to the goats, was part of the way that they built the Mishkan, that is the proof. That in itself is the proof that this is considered to be craftsmanship and therefore work as it's done. And that's why you are Chayev Achatas. And we learned that from the fact that this is how it was done in the Mishkan. And it wasn't something that should be considered Chachma, but rather it should be considered Malacha, craftsmanship, Umnas. Yudalaf, Miyayin Shal from Pirish Rashi, the inner dimension of this Rashi, on the Yerod of Hashem, and what is the lesson to us in our service of Hashem? is Nishvashtandik, one could ask the question, Slibvaz the Tzel de Teireh, why does the Torah have to tell us as Noshim that all the women that had this talent, they were the ones that uh, the spun the, the goat wool. Why do we have to be told this whole thing? This is something that's in the past. It was only in the Mishkan that they were going to use these goats hair coverings. Abanishan Migdash and it was never used, it was not used later in the Besam Migdash. Once the Besam Migdash was built, we no longer use material coverings. Kailula Migdash Asir, including also the Migdash in the future and when Mashiach comes. Especially that it's already built and waiting for us, it just has to come down. It'll be revealed and come down from heaven. So therefore, what's the point of talking about the detail of how the goat's hair was made? We also have to understand about the second thing. The whole discussion about having uh, that they, why they made the uh, that they made the, the the coverings before the walls, which is not the way that it's done normally. That's not the way we build uh, homes today. What's the difference about before, after? What's the, what's the lesson to us for the future? Nor But the truth is that we ta- we learn two general lessons in the Avaida Fun Mishkan Migdosh and the Avaida of what's called Mishkan Migdosh. The fact that every yid has to be creating a Mishkan and a Migdosh for Hashem 
throughout the generations. That's what we do. And as the sages tell us, that the Mishkan and the Migdash is also an internal thing to each and every Jew. Our, we are a Mishkan and a Migdash, and we need to know how to build that Mishkan and a Migdash. And this has a lesson to tell us. These two things have a lesson to tell us on that matter. The first lesson is from the fact that the women had, uh, you know, that had the talent. That when Hashem gives a person a yid a special talent, we have to understand that this is not for our own benefit only. But you have to use that talent to, in order to create a Mishkan in the world. Meaning a place for Hashem. In other words, he used the talent in the service of Hashem. Just like it was true for the women in the time of the building of the Mishkan. That since they had this extraordinary talent, was under a hobmas nishgahat that other people didn't possess that kind of a talent. They immediately understood as ad der kishrim was da'ivish da'zegigem that this talent that Hashem gave them daf daf funzei oizgenutzt veren oiv bayin a mishkan they have to use it to build a mishkan. Was dard verzein zayin asheras hashchinu v'shchand v'seichem where the dwelling of Hashem in this world will be in that place as it says and I will dwell amongst them. Although there was no command, Hashem didn't in any way say, imply, that the way that the goat's hair should be spun was while it was still attached to the animal. Nowhere is it, does it say that. The Torah tells us that they decided that they would do it that way. Because if they have the talent to do it that way, and that therefore it's better to do it that way, they will do it that way. So leave them Mishkan Hashem, because this is in order, of, in order to create a Mishkan for Hashem. They're going to do it in the best way possible. And the Torah gives us a, a lesson for the future as well, that if a person has a talent and you can do something that will make a better Mishkan for Hashem, use it for that. Just like this is true for special talents that a person has, that a yid has to be into the idea of making, a, to, to do the Aveda, to make a world, a place for Hashem in this world. Same is true for all other matters. Anything else that Hashem gives a yid, not just a talent, whatever Hashem gives you. For instance, like a person of Hashem, somebody earns more than he was expected to, more than he's used to earning, has a windfall. The fact that he earned more money means that he has to add more to his charity giving as well. A donation to Hashem. And as we know, as the Malton Rebbe's Achosid, when the Alter Rebbe's Chosidim, when Achosid had a better, a better week of Parnasid, went well this week, 
is a given zikha, it was certain as kumadika heim that when he uh, when he comes home that the tref and the rebnezat stoker he knew that what was waiting for him when he comes home was that there would be something from the Rebbe that he needs money for this or money for that a letter arrived other than Rebbe or one of the chassidim came to collect money for the Rebbe he knew the fact that he earned more money means the Rebbe had a greater need that's obviously that's the reason why he made more money or a Meshulach, one of the people that was sent around to collect money for the Chassidim that lived in Eretz Yisrael. So it was a given to them that if they earned more money, it means there was a greater need. The Rebbe needed more. So that's what he means. That's what he's saying, that if a person has not just a talent, but anything that's different, more than you're expected and you're used to, it means that there has to be an increase in what you give Hashem out of that as well. Yud base the Tzveita Hayra, the second lesson. A vifulman muz zayin zoyer nishtzav shafen kensar. Tzveita mentioned how careful we have to be not to cause distress or pain to another person. Ma dachaslidun sarabalachayim because if because of the pain we were worried about the pain or the distress of the animals, the goats. And it wasn't really pain that they were going through. It was just an inconvenience. That's not how they normally have their hair. It's uh, not spun and so on. So it must have been a little bit uncomfortable at least. So for that reason alone, they took the in, initiative to change the order of how they normally would have built the Mishkan. That they normally would have built first the walls and then the coverings but because that would mean that the goats have to hang around with these spun uh, hair so therefore they changed the order and they made the uh, the curtains, the, the drapings first is <coughs> in the under Mishkan, and therefore the Ebishter says that now the right thing to do is to make the coverings before the walls of the Mishkan so this is true for animals and their discomfort. Allah has come Certainly, then, if we talk about the distress of a person, especially a Jewish person, who are called Adam, people, you know, the, the highest level of uh, humankind. Especially if you min a mitzvah, especially if you see that there is a yid that is what's called naked from mitzvahs. In other words, is not participating in as many mitzvahs as they need to. It says there that there is no person, a Jewish person that's called naked. Naked means he doesn't have Torah mitzvahs. So you could think, It's true, I have to fulfill the mitzvah of if you see somebody naked, you should cover him. You have to give him, a, make sure that he wears tzitzis, that he wears tzitzis. But in them, but there has to be an order in which you know everything has its priorities. First, I'll have I have to daven myself. First thing you do in the morning, you have to daven. We know that when you finish davening, you have meant to go learn some Torah, learn and Torah, and then of course I'll eat my breakfast. 
then we go about our uh, our the fact that we have to go to work and um, that, that's also a mitzvah that you have to have a job and support your family and after all of these things that are my priorities then I'll go think about another person and the fact that he needs to be covered so the Torah says about this that when we're dealing with discomfort of another yid and there can be no greater pain more than the fact that a yid is naked from mitzvahs especially that we see he doesn't even realize that he's naked he doesn't even realize that he does, he's lacking something essential so this teaches us that in order to take away the discomfort from another Yid, even if he doesn't know that he has a discomfort, we reorganize the whole world. That's the normal way of doing things, but for the sake of another person, we did it over there in the sake of an animal, how much more so for the sake of a person, that we reorganize our our world, our order, our day. And even if it's a, what you're reorganizing is not is a, is just a minig that the world calls a minig. The world, of course, means the concealment of godliness calls that the right order. We're not talking about that. We're even talking about the order in which Hashem said that it should be done. And that's the order that Hashem set up for His home. That's how it should be done, as the way He commanded that it should be done, um, that it should be the Seder Oilam, the Mishkan should be built according to the Seder Oilam after B'Tzawol suggested it. Still, when it comes to the uh, the situation where a yid is in distress, tutmanishvis is the minig oilam. We don't do conduct ourselves as is the way of the world, as the esh tazach dafim bevarin and And therefore, the first thing you have to do is make sure that he's covered. The other yid is covered. When on tamit mitzvus, and we have to clothe, garb him with mitzvus. When the esh denochen only after that bemshchakotzul achazeh. As the pasuk continues after that, tute does vasesis im negeya umepsarcha al tesalim. The pasuk of kisira or mechisisa. When you see a naked person, you should cover him. Then it says, and don't forget about yourself either. So we see that first you have to take care of him, and then you can think about yourself. <coughs> and the same thing, and even before benegeya when it comes to the learning of Torah, this also applies even more so in regards to learning of Torah as the beginning of the Pasuk says that you should um, give a piece uh, to, of, uh, of your bread to the hungry person and we know that hunger also means that he's lacking the study of Torah because bread means Torah as a tutdos freer farmer sarkhat salam that he has to do that too the learning has to be shared with another person even before you continue with your own personal growth and learning and if you do that then you say has by m vet that by you too you will be in a situation of where you're not hungry 
for bread and you're not thirsty for water that what you truly hunger for is Torah and to hear the word of Hashem from Mashiach Tzidkenu and the, where are we going to hear these words of Hashem you're hungry to hear the words of Hashem from Mashiach in the eternal that which will be built through the fact that every person that will come about because in Golas each person will use the talents and all those things which Hashem gives him as the Ebishtatim gegeben whatever Hashem gave him when we use our talents and whatever Hashem gives us to make a Mishkan for Hashem that will bring Mashiach and we will be able to learn here the word of Hashem